Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, and today we're diving into direct response video marketing for e-commerce. I am extremely excited to dive into this topic. As you well know, our agency is doing more and more specifically with YouTube advertising, and so video marketing has become a real passion of mine has been for a long time. I started in TV uh, about 15 years ago, and and that's where my love for video marketing developed. Uh, not only am I excited about the topic, I'm thrilled with the guest. And uh, once again, I have to give a shout out to my buddy Jared Mitchell for making the intro and making this interview possible. This episode of the E-Commerce Evolution Podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce. And we are thrilled to underwrite this program and bring some amazing guests to you. I have a question for you. How is your YouTube game? Are you using YouTube to help scale your e-commerce business? Hopefully, you're using YouTube both as a remarketing vehicle and also for top of funnel growth. However, if you're like most e-commerce companies, then you're probably not fully leveraging YouTube. So I have two free resources for you. The first is a two-minute crash course on YouTube ads. I recorded this with the famous Ezra Firestone. So you can check that out by looking at the links in the show notes to this show. You can also Google Smart Marketer and two-minute crash course, and you'll find the resource there. Also, we recorded a 90-minute webinar outlining exactly how we scale with YouTube. We talk about keys to a great YouTube ad. We talk about audience targeting. We talk about bidding, optimization, and much, much more. So I highly, highly recommend you check it out. You can also find that linked here in the show notes. It's also at the bottom of the two-minute crash course page. So check them out and start scaling with YouTube. And now, back to the show. My guest is Andrew Ekblad. And Andrew uh, has... uh, been in the direct response video marketing world for over 10 years. His videos have been responsible for over $100 million in sales. Uh, he is now the founder of cartviews.com. Convertviews.com. What's that? Convertviews.com. Oh, I blew it. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Convertviews. I'm even looking at the monitor and I said it the wrong way. Uh, he's the founder of Convertviews. Dot com, a collective of DR video editors. He's also the manager of video marketing and production for Kartra. And uh, Andrew has has created videos for the likes of Frank Kearns. In fact, some of the, if you've been in this space for a while and you watch some of the old Frank Kern videos or even some recent ones, uh, Andrew's the guy behind that. And he also is produced for Mike Koenigs and, and a number of other uh, internet celebs. And so with that, uh, partially botched intro. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, uh, welcome to the show, man. And, and Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to talk about this stuff. Uh, me too, me too. I, to- I totally geek out about video and... I didn't know you were in TV before. So oh, only in, in the, the sales side. So I actually started uh, okay. radio sales and then started an ad agency and then I helped companies get on TV, but mainly in the kind of campaign side of things and creative um, consulting, but I've never done editing, never done yeah. that. So, um, gotcha. but yeah, so we connected, we connected through our, our mutual buddy, Jared Mitchell, you know, I had sushi. Yeah, he and, was uh, uh, the best man in my wedding. I've known yeah. him, uh, my entire life basically. Cause our families were friends, um, 
before we were even born. So we kind of, he's kind of like a brother dude. to me. Brother yeah. from another mother. Yeah, I love that quite, guy. Quite, quite literally. Yeah, awesome dude. Uh, super sharp e-commerce guy. And and now he's like the, call him like the producer of the, uh, or something. He's like, keeps hooking me up with all these awesome interviews for the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, but you and I, we hung out, we had some sushi in San Diego yeah. uh, last year at uh, mm-hmm. the Conversion Summit. So we started chatting it up and um, you told me the story of how you got your gig with Frank Kern. And yes. this would totally be appropriate because you're if anybody's watching the YouTube video, they see you sitting like in this mission control, <laughs> like 15 monitors and a and you a know what's funny is I, I couldn't get my webcam to work. So I set up my red cinema camera, which I'm using right now, which is a twenty thousand dollar camera <laughs> on a tripod with like the computer underneath it. And I'm like, oh this looks great. So that's uh, you even got like the the depth of field or yeah or I got the lens opened up so like yeah you know so if I move forward I go out of focus but looking good man yeah. looking really good I'm, I'm a little bit jealous I just got the the webcam so well, hey it uh, looks good man that's all you need these days <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, uh, yeah so you you got the twenty thousand dollars setup that's awesome um, so let's talk a little bit about how how did you get the gig with Frank Kern and you can give a little bit of the background prior to that but I love I love the story of the interview you had with him and. And yeah, yeah. Name and all the, all that cool stuff. So, um, you know, growing up, my aspirations were always like TV and film. And um, in the early two thousands, I started working um, as an editor, uh, just as a freelance editor. And then during that time, I worked with Mike Koenigs on some projects. I think uh, I met him through like a Craigslist ad or something. Um, and I worked for him for a while, and then I ended up working at a cable network um, as an editor. For a while, and while I was working there, Mike reached out to me and he said, "Hey, uh, there's this guy named Frank Kern. He's looking for a full time dude. Um, are you interested?" I'm like, "Yeah, hey, I'll meet him. I'll see what what the deal is." Because I was pretty happy with where I was at my job. And um, so Frank at the time had uh, an office um, at La Jolla Shores, which is a really fancy, cool which is place. Probably my favorite part of San Diego. San Diego is one of my favorite cities, and I think yeah. La Jolla Shores is, is the the best. It's awesome. Yeah, it's just a really cool area, and he had a a house that was right on the beach, like overlooking the ocean, and that was his office. And it was like it was just the coolest place. And um, he called it his HQ. Anyway, so I went in, and he had a uh, he had two. I think there was two seventy inch TVs set up next to each other. And back then, like I mean. The 70 inches is still big now, but like back then it was, it was really expensive to get a flat screen TV that big. Right. He had two of them and uh, they were playing uh, Call of Duty, that first person shooter. And uh, he's all, hey man, what's going on? I'm like, hey. And he's like, do you want to play? I'm like, yeah. So I played video games with him basically. And that was, that was the interview. The interview was playing Call yes, of Duty. Yes, it was playing Call um, of Duty with Frank Kern. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I played more video games back then and, and I was really good. So I was just slaughtering. Yeah, I think I forgot who else was there, but it was some other like marketing guys and stuff. Um, you you were slaying them, slaying them, and uh, somehow the 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 uh, topic came up of uh, gamer tag names. So when you're on Xbox or something, you have right, right. a name that you go by. It's your gamer it's, it's tag. like the fighter pilot's call sign. You know? Yeah, exactly. And Top mine guns. and mine on there still is is Sassy Dazzle. Sassy and, Dazzle. Yeah, and he thought that was the funniest thing in the world. Um, and the, the background of that is uh, my friends and my brother-in-law, we all have these silly names like Moon Powder and 
dolphin giggles and <laughs> glitter licks and all that stuff. All these funny names because we think it's hilarious to get killed by someone named Sassy Dazzle or glitter licks. Like that's what we want people to see when they, when they lose. Yeah, and so funny. anyway, like, so we had that as a joke and he thought that was great. And then uh, literally that was in 2008. And since then he's called me Sass or Sassy. And, and then that spread through the, uh, the, the internet marketing guys. Yeah. So you are um, Sassy Dazzle. Yep. Yeah. So Andy Jenkins calls me that and um, some other guys. And, you know, so that's, that's, that's how, that was the genesis of that. that that's fantastic. Um, I love it. So, so was that, uh, that was kind of the beginning of your, your direct response marketing career, right? Because prior to that, you were doing more, more, more TV. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And so like, I didn't know anything about, well, I had no interest in marketing um, in the early days. My interest was in entertainment basically and being a really good editor and producing content and all that stuff. And it worked well for the early days of Frank Kern because our approach to a lot of those videos were kind of like reality TV entertainment, yeah. you know? And so... Yeah, um, I remember some of them. I remember one specifically where he was driving his VW yeah. bus and you were sitting in the sitting shotgun and, and filming yeah. that. And um, a lot of pattern interrupts in that video. Yeah, and that's because that's kind of the TV world of kind of always cutting away to something and always interrupting those the viewers so they keep watching and, you know, creating things... Um, that way, so they're entertaining. And that was kind of the approach in the early days. And, you know, obviously over the past 10 years, my interest has shifted um, more towards marketing. Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. One is because I, I still do creative stuff in marketing because I'm doing video. Absolutely. Um, and the other thing is... Still that, entertaining yeah. in marketing as well. Good, good marketing videos also entertained. Yeah. And, you know, if I want to make a short film, I could go make a short film. But, you know, the to me, I lost... Um, a lot of desire to be part of the TV industry and the movie industry because it's really not a good industry. Like I've edited feature films before. I've shot dozens of short films. I've worked on big crews and small crews. And and actually, I still do um, commercial shoots with um, some ad agencies in San Diego, some more traditional commercial shoots. So I'm still in it in that regard. But as far as like uh, television and film and entertainment, um, I'm definitely more into marketing these days. Awesome. So what were some of the kind of the key takeaways that, that either you picked up directly from, from Frank and Mike and other, other internet marketers or that you just kind of you naturally developed as you were experimenting and looking I at think, conversions and things like that? Yeah, I think a lot of it um, has just kind of evolved over the years as, you know, how to use video in, um, in marketing. And obviously the platforms have evolved. I mean, it used to be really hard to upload a video somewhere to host it and to stream That's it. That's so true. I mean, like, Crazy. if you look at 2008, 2009, like, it, even compressing video in a way that made it um, stream good was a, was a tough thing to do. And people didn't all have fast connections and all that stuff. And um, so it, not only did the technology evolve, but the platforms on, on where you host them, whether it's YouTube or Vimeo, or if it's going to Facebook or Instagram, or if it's just on your website, all of that stuff has kind of affected... Um, the way video has gone technically. And then, of course, there's a lot of things um, that that are kind of uh, remaining remaining true from where it was before, which is you want pattern interrupts. You want it to be entertaining. You want to deliver value. Uh, you know, there's all those things that are kind of still true. And can you just explain it? And I referenced pattern interrupt just a minute ago as well, which is which is a concept I love in marketing. For those that don't know what that is, can, can you explain that and why it works? Yeah, so pattern interrupt is basically something that that either grabs the attention on the front end of a video or it's something during a video that re-engages the viewer. Um, 
So like a subtle pattern interrupt might be changing the location of something. So like with Frank, we would, he'd start in a, in a, you know, VW bus and he'd be traveling somewhere and traveling is kind of a pattern interrupt. And then before the VW bus is a little bit unique. That's a little bit. Yeah, that's unique. And then once it start start getting a little stale, all of a sudden he would arrive at some location and that's a, that's kind of a subtle pattern interrupt. Um, a more in-your-face pattern interrupt might be cut into like a full-screen title of a benefit of something or a quote or maybe um, changing the music or, um, you know, you could do it with audio or video, but it's just something to re-engage the viewer typically. That's awesome. And then and you talk about, you know, kind of the entertainment factor. Are there certain elements you look for to get kind of the right level of entertainment that um, you're still selling and things like that? Yeah, I think it's, you know, obviously entertainment comes secondary in marketing Absolutely. to like um, benefits and value and why someone wants something or why someone should watch. And it, it varies whether you're shooting a personality like Frank yep. or you're trying to sell a car care product or, or whatever, like an e-commerce product or a piece of software, um, depending on who your viewers are and what their desires and wants are, um, it it kind of changes the level of entertainment or the pacing and all that stuff. So there's a lot that goes into, and a lot of it is trial and error, you know, <laughs> yep, <laughs> as you know, and doing placement. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, you know, you and I have had the privilege of working on um, some projects together and I absolutely love your work. Thanks, man. It, it does have that mix of, you know, it's fast paced, it's engaging, it makes you, makes you want to buy and that that's what counts. So let's kind of dive in. You've got you know really two rules you use as you're creating a video and, and or watching a video and evaluating is is this the right video to to run and test. And so let's let's talk about those two rules and then we'll kind of dive into yeah details and some of the how tos and stuff. So I'm still kind of developing this in my mind, um, but I think the essence of a good marketing video. Um, is really about making an engaging video as well as a compelling video. Mm -hmm. And then like the third kind of thing is length to me. I think length is more important than people think, but I think it's, I think it's making it engaging and compelling. And what that is, is engagement is people wanting to watch it and continuing to watch it. And compelling is, is getting them to believe what you're saying and take action and ultimately buy. So those are kind of the two pillars. Um, and then length is kind of like a third, a third thing because the longer a video goes, the less people are, g- are going to be watching it. Yep. So yep. there's always a balance between um, length and content. Yep. And all that yeah. stuff. The, the, the harder, the, the longer the video, the harder it is to, to keep it engaging. Right. I, I do think there's something to be said about if it is engaging, the longer someone stays engaged, potentially the more likely they are to respond. Absolutely. But but yeah, getting them to engage longer is is great, and I think those are you know just distilling it into two quick questions. And you mentioned it, but you know on the engaging side is do you want to watch it? So as right. as you're showing this to someone, ideally your target market, or you're previewing the video before you go live with it on YouTube or Facebook or wherever you're you're advertising it, it's you know do you want to watch this? Do I want to engage with this? Um, and then compelling is do I want to take action? Right. Uh, yeah, which is which is great. So yeah, let's let's dive in maybe to the engaging part first. So what are, what are some of the, the keys to making a video that people actually want to watch? Well, I think there's a lot of ways to make a video more engaging. I mean, obviously 
for them to want to watch that, be interested in what you're saying, first of all, but you know, the topic of the video, um, but engaging can be done by, you know, the music can make a video more engaging. The pacing of the video could be more, can make it more engaging. Um, pattern interrupts with titles can make it more engaging. Um, captions can make it more engaging. Um, how you arrange and deliver information can make it more engaging. So if you have the best information early that speaks to the viewer's pain points, they're going to be more engaged throughout the video than having the wrong information on the front end. Yep. Um, yep. You know, so those are, there's a lot of things that can make a video more engaging. Um, but a lot of that is craft and technical to make it engaging. Right. Right. And, and I think, you know, a lot of this, can be, you know, you know, I think a lot of the, the folks listening to this podcast are e-commerce store owners. And so mm-hmm. they, they're probably not the one actually putting the video together. And so learning all the nuances maybe isn't important. Although if you're interested, then, then learn it. That's great. Yeah. Getting to where you can evaluate, okay, my, my video person created this video. Is it, is it engaging to me? Does, do I want to watch it? And, and yeah. sometimes the owner is the wrong person to ask because they're intrinsically interested in the, in the product because it's theirs. Uh, probably better to ask someone else. But did you have a, <laughs> a thought? A thought on yeah, that? I just think I think people have to be critics of the videos they create. They can't yep. be champions of them. They have to be critics of them. Absolutely. And um, it's real easy, especially if you're creating something by yourself and yep. you're doing that. It's it's easy to finish a video and be like, "Wow, this is really good. I'm really proud of myself." You know, you could show your family and they're like, "Oh, that's great." Um, but then you put it out to the market and people are like, this is dumb or this is boring or whatever. So I think you have to be a critic of your work and you always have to look at a video and say, how can I make this shorter, more engaging and more compelling? Yeah. And we, we're, you know, as, as business owners, we're uh, in some ways unqualified to, to rate our own videos, especially if we create it. Um, just from the standpoint that we have uh, what's called the curse of knowledge. And when one of my favorite books of all time, I highly recommend it. It's called Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath, but they talk about the curse of knowledge where you can't look at your product from the same perspective as someone who's never experienced it, never seen it, has no background. So you um, you, you know all the ins and outs of your product. You know all the benefits, yeah, all you of have that. A, you have a clouded perspective. Yep. yep. You've, got, you've got real context as mm-hmm. you're watching the video. Someone who's new to the product doesn't have that context. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's hard to it's hard to be super objective as as you look at that. Better just to show it to people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so any any tips on um, you know making the the opening better, more of a grabber? And and you did mention something, and I think this goes back to another principle of of just advertising and even journalism. But you know, not burying the lead. You know, so not mm-hmm. not putting the most important part. You know, five or ten seconds in, you don't want to do that. People might not last that long. So putting that towards the beginning, but, but tips for making a strong opening, because that is, you know, in the world that, that I, I primarily live in with YouTube ads, you've got that five second window, oh, After yeah. five seconds, a skip ad button comes up and then people bail if you don't have them. So tips for making uh, that, that opening a real grabber. Yeah. And I think, um, one, I do think it, it, uh, de- depends a little bit on the platform. Like YouTube's yep. very yep. different than Facebook. Um, but as far as the opening, I think it's really speaking, right away to the pain points of the viewer. So um, I, I like videos that start kind of like, if you look at the headline on a landing page, mm-hmm. that, that headline is usually tested dozens of times to be 
the best headline that speaks to the prospect in the most potent way. And I think you could look at the front end of a video the same way, which is you could start a video with a statement like a headline, or you could ask them a question like a headline, or you could start with a story to get them a little more engaged. Um, and maybe even put that headline visually on the video. We, yeah, we're sometimes pretty it's, big yeah. believers in that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely something that's on YouTube and that we do on Facebook and Instagram a lot. And then sometimes we don't because on uh, Facebook, people are, are starting to get used to just scrolling by things. So I'll disguise an ad by keeping it yep. almost clean yep, for the yep, first yep. five, 10 seconds. And then all of a sudden, you know, headlines come in and captions change and the music picks up. And it's because you're, you're disarming the viewer on the front end and hoping that they stick uh, for, you know, the second half of the video. And um, again, so much of that comes down to experimentation with the ad placement and the audiences. And I'm not an expert in audiences and ad placement. That's something I rely on people like you to right. do. But, um, yep. you know, you know, you know that, that all that matters as much as the video itself is the audience. It does. It does. You have to be speaking to the right person. And it's so interesting to me. And, and you're right, the the more we work with, you know, clients that are advertising on Facebook and YouTube, and we're, we're managing the YouTube side. Usually it's another company like my buddy, uh, Ralph Burns at Tier 11 or somebody like that that's, that's managing um, the Facebook. But, but to, to see what's working on, on different platforms. And sometimes the same video will work great on both platforms. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes a video that crushes on Facebook does not work well on YouTube. And so I think that, that what you just described, that kind of disguising the video as, hey, it's just, you know, kind of... It's just a post from your friend, don't worry. <laughs> exactly. That works on Facebook where on YouTube, it's clear that it's an ad because someone is selecting a video and they know your video is not the one they just selected. And you so have five you better, seconds. You better get to the point. Like, yeah. and make, make that benefit clear because they're, they're hovering over the skip button. Get ready yeah. to hit that. So you got to make... You gotta and plus, you that. know, on, on YouTube, people... YouTube's basically a search engine. So people are looking yes. for solutions. They're looking for advice. They're researching products. And so when an ad gets put in front of them that's related to what they're searching for, yep. and if you yep. could capture them in that five seconds, you know, you might have them. Um, Facebook, the audience, you know, they're not, they're not really looking for, for what you're selling most of the time. Yep, yep. Yep, exactly, exactly. Um, cool. So, so one of the things that that I'm really passionate about, and and you know, if you if you pay attention to some of the best video ads, you can kind of get a feel for for the the pacing, you know, the speed of the video. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you have any rules of thumb, any tips, any things to avoid on how do I know if my video is moving fast enough? Am I progressing along the the storyline, the the arc of the video? Is is it moving fast enough? Yeah, that's a tricky one because I've been editing since I was a kid for so long. Yeah. And so yeah. I have that clock kind of feel, in my, kind of yeah, thing. like I could tell as soon as something is too long and I'm like, cut, you know, cut, you know, cut. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I've trained myself for so long on, on pacing and what's relevant and what's not as an editor because a good editor is a critic. You know, they're, they're looking for the best content and they're cutting away everything else. Um, and so as far as, um, understanding the the pacing of a video and what you know when something should should cut away to something else you know i would there's two things one i'll just watch it a bunch and think about you know is everything that's being said relevant um is it all necessary um another tip is you know give yourself a time limit so if you have a three and a half minute video try to make it two minutes and then when you're when you're put with those time deadlines like that's from a television background you know, you have 30 seconds to do something if it's a, 
if it's an advertisement, um, you really start to distill what's important and what's not when you yep. give yourself a yep. time limit. And, you know, so I'll do a commercial for ad agencies and we have 30 seconds and then they're like, wow, there's a great commercial. Uh, do a 15 second version now. And you're like, oh my gosh, how can I get this down to 15 seconds? Well, you always can. You're going to lose something, yep, but yep. you always you can, can. You can always do it. So I think giving yourself time limits, watching stuff um, several times and really thinking about what's necessary and what's not. Um, those are those are two good ways to kind of distill the information into what's really necessary. Yeah, I love I love the idea of creating artificial constraints. So mm-hmm. so uh, you know we're we're seeing on on YouTube minute and a half, three minute videos, sometimes even seven to eleven minute videos working. So mm-hmm. the time the time limit isn't necessarily an issue, but I love what that creating that constraint what it does to you as far as creative uh, from the creative standpoint of yeah I have to do this in two minutes. So if I have to do that, I can't say everything. I'm going to have to just say the most important things. And it's always and been fascinating. You could test it against the longer one and maybe the longer yeah. one would do better. Yeah, so but test, test it. it. Yeah. Uh, but that, that, that time constraint limit is going to force you to say, this, these things are, are essential and I have to say these versus these things are just nice to say. Mm-hmm. And it's always interesting to me. Uh, I've always loved movies and, and used to think I wanted to maybe produce movies or something like that. Uh, obviously, I never did. But um, you know, just watching like the... Um, uh, what are they called? The deleted scenes, you know, yeah. scenes they're taken out of a movie. And sometimes you watch those and you think, oh, that's, that's pretty good. Like, I like that. I like that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and hearing the process of an editor that an editor goes through of choosing what to cut because sometimes you like all of it, you know, but the, the yeah. movie can't be seven hours, you know, it's got to be a great example. Like, uh, it's got to be 90 minutes. Yeah. You'll hear the director talking about how um, the studio wanted it shorter or maybe the studio didn't even want it shorter, but they're, they're watching the movie and they're like, you know what? This scene really isn't doing anything for us. It's yeah, a great yeah. scene. Maybe it's some of the best acting in the movie. Maybe it's some of the best lighting in the movie. But from a content perspective, it's not driving the story forward. Exactly. So, and that's the thing that I've always heard a lot is it's not driving the story forward. And, and I think from a marketing standpoint, is this moving the customer closer to saying yes? Is this moving the customer closer to, mm-hmm. to wanting to click and wanting to take that next step? But if it's not, then, then you need to get Just, rid of yeah, it. Get rid of it because it's, it's, you're losing people with it. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Love it. Um, any, any tips or suggestions on how to use titles or text overlays or some things like that? I'm a huge um, fan of both of those. Yeah, like me too. And the, so lately I've been, um, I love titles to highlight key points or key benefits. Um, I'm a fan of using titles by themselves. Uh, yep. So I don't like background footage behind titles because I think it gets lost. People don't look at the title. They look at the footage. Yep. yep. So I try to do simple, really consumable titles um, that are short and you know large and bold, and that could be picked up quickly with the eye, and then you move on to the video. Um, that's kind of my that's kind of my thing with titles lately is, um, yeah. you know, and they only need to be there for two or three seconds if the title's exactly. a couple of words. Yep, it's really cool. Yeah, so it's just a flash. It's there. You you see it instantly. You absorb it. Mm-hmm. it. It is that pattern interrupt too, like you talked about. Yeah, so it I'm works seeing as a this pattern interrupt. I'm seeing this car care product. I'm seeing it being used and whatever, and then and then it, and then it you know cuts to just a quick quick black screen with white text or whatever the yep. colors are, and yep. uh, yeah, grabs you. So yeah, people. I mean, people consume that. They take it in visually, and I think that's a lot more potent than than trying to have text all over video that kind of gets lost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think, I don't know the psychology behind it or if there's anything you would add to it, but, but it just seems 
pretty clear that, at least for most videos, when you do add some text components, it just reinforces things. I think people remember better. Um, it just it just ties it all together a little better with with some appropriately placed text. Yeah, I think so. And I think like um, what you're seeing a lot of like these days with the headline text that's constantly on top of the video, um, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, um, it kind of frames the video for the viewer. Yep. Um, yep. I think that's something that's still working pretty well these days. It could change it in is. six months, but totally. right now it's working. Yeah, right now it's working great. And we're seeing that especially on YouTube. And I love, I love having the, and when we're working on YouTube videos together, you usually put, you know, the headline and the logo in the top because mm-hmm. you have the, the buttons and the call to action. The skip button and the call to action buttons are on the bottom of the YouTube video. So putting the headline and, and, and client logo at the top is good. It does frame it. It does instantly tell the viewer, this is what I'm watching. This is what this is about. Mm-hmm. But then it also, if someone does skip, they at least see the logo and get that headline. And yeah, get it, that delivers, it delivers some something to them, even if they don't watch the whole video. Yep, 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 which is powerful. So, okay, awesome. So it's got to be engaging. Uh, We talked about that from a powerful opening and pattern interrupts to getting the right pace and the right structure and text and all those things. Um, So let's talk about how do we make it compelling? So how do you make a video? I mean, you you can make a video, and and I, I would use the example of, of Red Bull uh, as, uh, and then really I think their marketing is great because they don't don't really need to tell the benefits of Red Bull. Mm -hmm. You know, people just see it and it's cool and they know that it makes them feel awake and makes them want to jump out of airplanes or whatever. But their their videos are awesome. Like it's fast cuts and guys on dirt bikes and guys jumping out of airplanes and then landing, you know, snowboarding on a mountain with a parachute behind, crazy Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Uh, So you can make a video that's engaging, right? But, But I think it takes real skill to make a video that's engaging and compelling. So yeah. let's talk about how to make it compelling. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of ways to make it compelling. Um, you know, for e-commerce, it's it's before and afters, it's yep. testimonials. Um, if and you're don't selling, feel like those are overused. Sometimes I think people get like suddenly they feel like they're competing for an Oscar or something. Like, no, yeah. I want to do something nobody's ever seen before. <laughs> people don't love testimonials. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, people love testimonials. They love before and afters. Um, if if you're Selling, you know, like a lifestyle um, or something, then it's, it's, um, it's, you know, you could use story as a way to make something compelling. People love narratives. Um, you could have examples of outcome as a good way to make something compelling. Um, and you know, if if you're selling like um, uh, SaaS uh, software like Kartra, which software is a service, so like. Uh, it's hard to sell software because it, you you have to demonstrate what it does, but you also have to demonstrate the outcome people want, which mm-hmm. is freedom and making something easier. So you're selling the idea of an easier way to do business um, or you're selling the idea of automation for people so that they have more free time or or their business runs better. And so it's, you know, when you're making something compelling, I think you're really speaking more to the benefits of the product or the pain points of the consumer. Um, you're using testimonials as social proof, um, or maybe you're using stories to build yourself as an authority figure in the in whatever industry you're in. Um, so all those things are kind of more about making a, a video compelling so people like you and they trust you or they trust you and they trust your product and ultimately, you know, make the purchase. Yep. I love it. And then one of the things 
you know, I, I remember hearing long ago, I used to be in, in direct sales and someone said, you know, uh, facts tell, stories sell. Mm-hmm. So, so working in some kind of element of, of story, and it doesn't have to be a movie type story, but you, you can tell right. a story in just a few seconds. Um, but a lot of that is, you know, also demonstrating the value mm-hmm. of showing, yeah. showing, showing the product in action. And it is actually easier with a physical product than it is selling SaaS. Right. Um, so do you, do you have any tips for how to create a good product demonstration? Because that's, that's another area where I think someone can slip into the non-engaging side of, of a, a product demonstration. But do you, do you have any tips or insights? And I know a lot of this is just... Um, you know, but. Well, I think, um, I think you, one tip is you don't have to overcomplicate it. Yes. So I think you could demonstrate with the video from your smartphone. You know, um, if it's a physical product that is actually doing something, um, you mean we don't have to have the twenty thousand dollar camera? Yeah, this this twenty thousand dollar camera that's shooting me right now. We don't use it that much. It's that's why I'm using it right now because it's not at our studio. It's it's at my house because we use your new podcast. It's my yeah, it's my new webcam. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so we we use it like I don't know, like like a couple times a month or once a month or something. But the majority of Videos, when it comes to e-commerce, I think, and you're demonstrating the value of a product, I think you don't have to overcomplicate it. I think it's just get a lot of demonstrations or get a lot of testimonials and mash those together in a way that shows the value of the product along with the social proof of testimonials, um, you know, in an in a engaging and compelling way. And yep. then, yep. you know. Yep, it's so, it's so powerful. And some of the, the best videos that we've run for clients have been kind of these testimonial mashups where mm-hmm. you one, one thing I recommend to every e-commerce store owner is, you know, find a way to incentivize people to take their own iPhone video using mm-hmm. your product, trying your product, and then send that in. Reward them, give them free things. Oh, yeah, it's huge. Get that video content because it's, it's gold. So, you know, you've created some amazing videos like that. Um, of course, I work a lot with Ezra Firestone, a friend of mine, and I run all his uh, Google ads and YouTube. But he talks about, he calls it the testimonial sandwich where it's, you know, you start with an authentic, real testimonial or, or even a, a mashup of a couple of testimonials. Then you have in the middle a, a product demonstration. And so you're showing the product being applied and used and before and after and stuff like that. And then you end with another testimonial and then an offer. So a testimonial sandwich. But mm-hmm. I, I think that that is one of the easiest videos to, to create. So if you're hiring someone or looking, you know, how do I create my first YouTube or Facebook video? I love that idea of kind of a testimonial mashup with a product demonstration uh, in the middle somewhere, uh, just super, super powerful. Absolutely. And take, you know, and, and you could take those testimonials and distill them into the best parts of them, you know? So like, I never yeah. use a full testimonial. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I come in at the right moment and I get out before they're rambling and you get on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Get right to the good stuff. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. someone will, you know, your customers are not trained in front of the camera. So they'll probably have all sorts of weird intros and it'll take them forever to get to the point. Um, But if you just cut to the good stuff, cut to the Mm -hmm. the money shot, you know, of uh, product being used and and in action. And then when they make that best comment, you know, use that and then cut the rest. Yep. Um, Absolutely. So uh, any, any tips, anything that you would share on a call to action? So, you know, we have to, at the end of the video, have some kind of call to action. If you don't make a request for someone to do something, guess what? They, they probably won't do anything. So any, any tips on calls to action in, in, a, in a video? 
Um, I mean, obviously have a call to action. I think a lot of people forget even that simple step. Um, you always want to tell the viewer what to do at the end of a video. Um, as far as tips on a good call to action, I think it's keep it simple. Um, you know, it, it, it depends. You know, I like to do like arrows and stuff on videos. So if it says click now, point to where they should click. And something as simple as that is going to get more people to click. Yep, and yep. Um, yeah, so that's something. Um, but really, I, I don't think people need to overthink call to action. So if they are on camera talking, I think it's just, hey, click now to, you know, benefit. And that's yep. it. <laughs> so yep, yep. It's, it's simple. It, it can be so simple. And I think it's as simple, you know, if you're, if you're selling apparel or clothing or something like that, you know, click here to see all the latest styles, you know, to, to mm -hmm. see all our, all, all our newest, you know, line of fashion or, or click here to get, you know, see our Black Friday deals or, or whatever. So just making it some simple is good. And I love the fact you pointed that out. I actually heard an audio uh, commercials at the beginning of a podcast for Uber rewards or Uber, some kind of advanced level of Uber, which I use Uber all the time as, as I travel. But it was the most convoluted uh, explanation <laughs> of like, hey, if you if you upgrade, then it, and it's not, you know, blackout hours or peak hours and you get this. And if it's that, then I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it sounds cool, but I don't really know how, you know. Yeah. Maybe, and now I don't even know what to do because you're explaining so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which which was kind of kind of entertaining for me, but um, yeah, make it make it simple. Just to shop now, learn more, check out these free tips. You know, go yeah. go look at go look at this. You know, see this thing in in action. Yeah, it's a sentence. Um, it's all it is. Absolutely. Yep. So don't overcomplicate that. If you've done your job with the rest of the video, so it's 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 engaging, it's compelling, and then you make that quick ask. That's all you need. It'll work. Yeah, it. it'll, it'll, it'll do the trick. So, uh, man. Andrew, we could, we could keep going, dude. This has been, I know. This been a lot of fun. This has been a blast. Um, let's talk about talk about your company a little bit. I want I want to hear the story of. Um, I'm just gonna make sure make sure I get this right. Reviews, <laughs> <laughs> conversions. Com. So yeah. Um, so obviously, um, I have a, a few clients that I'm full time with, and you know, one of them is Genesis Digital, who does Kartra and Webinar Jam and Ever Webinar. Those are SaaS products, um, great companies, uh, started by Andy Jenkins, who's, you know, I've worked for, and who's also a close friend of mine since I met him through Frank. So maybe since 2010. Um, and, uh, you know, so I do, I manage their video marketing and I work with the marketing departments to create videos and, and ads and all that stuff. Um, and then there's a couple other companies I do stuff for. And recently in the last month I started, um, company called Convert Views. And its focus is really on e-commerce um, direct response video marketing. And the reason why I started it is because I have underneath me a handful of editors that have helped me over the years. Um, and I basically took that collective of editors and made them available to people through Convert Views. So under my direction and under my um, uh, consulting, basically, I could give them tasks of ads to create. And it kind of multiplies me in several ways, you know, because uh, as an editor, you know, like on the stuff I'm working on behind me, you only have so much time in a day to do stuff. So convert views is really um, just direct response video marketing for companies. So if people have assets they want turned into engaging and compelling videos, we could do that for them. Um, or if they need some consulting on how to do vid better video marketing, we could do that for them. 
And, um, you know, I love talking about this stuff. I love jumping on calls with people and, and figuring out, you know, how to get more sales. I mean, it's awesome. what I've been doing. So primarily then you're working with people that already have footage. Um, yeah, I'm still figuring it out because it's only, it's only a couple months old. So I found though that people who have assets, whether it's pictures, um, audio, testimonials, footage of a product, um, it's real easy to take that and turn it in to good content. Um, I'm talking, I can't name who, but I'm talking with a senator right now about 2020 campaign stuff because they have all these assets of them talking on the House floor um, about bills and all this stuff. Well, you could take a 10-minute speech that they gave and turn that into a one-minute video to help educate you know, uh, viewers on Facebook about their policies. And so that's, an, a, good, that's a good example of... Um, taking existing content and turning it into something that's a little more engaging and compelling for people. So that's definitely something that, that we like to do. Um, or of course, you know, I'm open to a lot of things. So, you know, maybe a company needs footage shot and stuff. It's not hard to find people who could shoot stuff for you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, it is, you know, labor intensive and you have to physically be there to shoot, which makes it, makes it tricky for, uh, in some instances when you're mm-hmm. clients on the East coast and you're on the West coast, but uh, it's been awesome, you know, getting to know you and working with you guys because, you know, at OMG, we're all about the strategy and the campaign structure and and, and audience development and audience targeting. And and I, I still love giving feedback. And that's also a fun thing about working with you is you're very open to feedback on, hey, what, what are you seeing? Yeah, I love you? it. What can we test? What can we do? Um, but then, you know, you put it together and that, that's a unique skill set. Um, yeah, I think like, I think that's something people aren't paying attention to that much these days is how a, a good video could earn you so much more than a mediocre video. Yes. Um, yes. You know, like it, you have companies and marketing departments focus so much on things like a landing page where they test every aspect of it, the headline, the copy, the bullet points, where the bullet points should go. Should they go above this or below that? What the picture should be, what the buy button should be. All of that's tested, you know, 10 different ways to be the most potent thing, but then they just throw a video on there and they never think twice about it. Yep. Where like, yep. You know, you could take as a, as an example, maybe you have a five minute VSL video sales letter talking about a product. And then at the end, it has a compelling offer and some bonuses or something. Well, what if instead of five minutes, you made that video three minutes and at two minutes, you gave them the offer and you tease the bonuses over the next one minute, you know, that video might do 20, 25% better than your original edit when really all it was is the same content that's arranged a little differently. And I don't think people are really thinking in that way right now. Um, but, you know, that's, that's stuff that we focus on. That's Yeah, and, and it's so important. I've seen this in action time and time again. You know, get, getting the right campaign structure, can't underestimate it. It's super valuable. Getting the right bid structure, the right audience targeting, all those things. It's, it's, I, I love geeking out about that. And it's very, very important. But on for accounts, YouTube, I'll just speak YouTube specifically because that, that's what I know. YouTube accounts that have gone from spending nothing to spending, you know, $150,000, $200,000 plus a month. It, it's always because there's a video or two that just, uh, that just work where, where the, the view rates are high, the click-through rates are high, the engagement rates high. And, and I've seen some accounts where it'll just kind of be limping along uh, and then we introduce a new video and it just takes off. Mm-hmm. Uh, same money starting, same everything. Yeah. So you have to understand the most important part of, or the, I'm sorry, the most expensive 
part of video marketing is the ad cost. Yeah. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the, the cost of media. So you're going to be spending a hundred or $200,000 or likely more on YouTube, uh, hopefully at some point. Um, that's the most expensive part. So if you create a video that works 25% better, you understand the math there? Like, yeah, or even 5% better. 5% like it, and, and all it may be is just arranging, like maybe bringing a different testimonial up front because it speaks for the audience a little yep. better yep. or yep. making the video have uh, bonuses or a call to action at a different moment or different titles. Those little changes could mean a couple tenths of a point better in conversions or something, which over the course of hundreds of thousands of dollars in several months really adds up. It's huge. Yeah, and that's something, you know, we've, we've tested with, with Boom by Cindy Joseph for Ezra is, you know, sometimes we've had these testimonials that the, what the person says is great, but they're too young. Like, they, they, you know, they're, they're, so we're targeting this, this boomer demographic and sometimes the, the, the testimonial is like, eh, that, that's not me. That's not, you know, the, the viewers, yeah. that, that's not me. And so, you know, you have to test those little things. And so having a, having a strategy there, both trying to put your best foot forward with, with the best video and you'll never get a perfect right out of the gate. So don't, don't even try, yeah. but, putting your best foot forward, but then also testing and doing new things like having that investing in your video assets is huge. And, and it will pay off if you do it the right way. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. awesome. Cool, man. So, so how can people best get in touch with you? I'm assuming through the website. Yeah. Uh, there's like a little contact thing on the website, but if they just want to shoot me an email, it's just Andrew at convertviews.com. If, awesome. uh, if they want any information, um, and yeah, you know, I'm always happy to talk to people about this stuff. It's it's become a passion of mine over the years, and it's fun working with guys like you who get into the numbers and give me feedback on what's working and what's not. And and um, you know, I'm sure you and I will continue to develop strategies. Yep. Over yep. the years Absolutely. to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, I will link to your site in the show notes, so you can also check that out at e-commerce evolution. The site is pretty. The site is pretty elementary right now because it's thrown together a month ago. But keep it simple, uh, man. It's yeah. the video content that matters. You can see some samples on there. Um, and you can always contact us if you want to talk about it. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Sassy Dazzle, man. Bringing it. Bringing the A game today. <laughs> Rocking the podcast. Man, this has been, this yeah, been man, a lot of fun and, and uh, amazing content. Really appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate uh, you having me on. Yeah. We will have to look at, at doing round two at some point. Yeah. Awesome. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, and as always, we'd love to hear your feedback as a listener. So let us know what you'd like to hear more of, less of, any, any suggestions. Give Andrew some love for the time that he spent on this podcast. Uh, and with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.